In the mere world of Egadon, the party had some time to speak amongst themselves and determine their next steps while they waited for their judgment. At the end of this time, however, they contacted Vale, who took an intense interest in meeting them immediately. However, before they were whisked away by the conniving reality, Val decided to sever the connection and keep them here. Now, Kiles and Isred, the mirror gods of Kelnies and Efron, smile at them as they all get to their feet. Kiles, her arms outstretched, says, We have elected, as I said, to give you the opportunity, perhaps one that you did not receive in your world, but the opportunity to find a better path, to learn mercy, perhaps, or whatever is needed in guiding your steps the right way. She just looks over her shoulder at Isred and he gives her a nod. Because of that decision, we have decided that you are worthy of meeting with the Queen Goddess. And should you so desire, I will take you to her. Uh, Vald steps forward and says, I would like to go, yes. Yes, I agree. Cad steps forward, as does Kelnies. Mick will step forward as well and say, why not? It's where I was planning to go anyway. Uh, Dominique's sobs have begun to subside as he staggers to his feet, nodding his head. Vomak is staring daggers, like, into the back of Val's head. <laughs> and then, and then like, Rolandier, and he's like, he doesn't say anything. He just keeps staring, and he'll take a few steps forward in a whisk of chill wind you are all brushed off your feet momentarily and then light back down almost instantaneously on these polished marble steps just shimmering in this white golden light that seems ethereal for lack of a better word a heavy haze obscures most of the horizon but you seem to be at the landing at the top of a large staircase, grand columns of ornately carved stone and marble work inlaid with gold patterns line this staircase and extend past to a great gate that stands before you. There's a distant whistling of wind, and the air here is thin, to say the least. Kilas, out of all of you, just steps forward up to the gate waves her hand and it dematerializes, just becoming more golden molding lining these pillars. And then she turns to you all and says, I will go no further, but if ye seek an audience, it shall be granted to you ahead. Val kind of glances at everybody else, but then very determined and eager presses forward. Brynir will immediately follow. Uh, visibly struggling to breathe. Uh, just without the mirrors, Dominique. He heaves his way forward, leaning heavily on his staff. Mixing uh, Dominique's struggle for whatever reason, will put his hand on his back and will continue forward with him, giving him a smile as he does. Calnies will walk forward as well, but just takes a wide berth when going around Kilas. Cad, on the other hand, stops in front of her and says... Do you mind telling us, perhaps, where we are first? Keyless kind of just gestures around, says, We're on the crown of Egadon. And he just... <sighs> and continues walking. 
Rolandier shortly behind Cad puts his arm around Cad on his shoulder, which is kind of awkward because even though Rolandier's tall, he's not as tall as Cad. And uh, he just says, ah, come on. This is what we wanted originally in the first place, isn't it? That whole veil sidetrack, that wasn't even part of the plan initially. We're on the right track to go and find this heart of the void, should it exist here. The only thing I see good coming out of this is coming face to face with Luna. And I agree. That will be valuable, but just remember, it won't be her. Not exactly. Noted. Now don't touch me again. <laughs> kind of gingerly takes his hand off of his shoulder. <laughs> and, he, and he actually does at this point turn around to, to kind of see what Vamak is doing and waves him along. Vamak looks very irritated. Uh, he looks at Rolandier. And he doesn't say anything. He's just looking him dead in the eyes. Keeps on walking by. You know, Vamak, I hope we do meet your counterpart here. I think we'd get along just fine. Vamak's eyes just, like, get a little wider, and he, like, turns, and he looks at Rolandier, and he's just kind of, like, you can tell just, like, the gears in his head are spinning, and he's not sure if he wants to say anything right now. Seeing the the eyes widen, Rolandier just kind of says, still getting used to having eyes again. I understand how it is. And he holds up his hand that he had lost to Tentavir, and he kind of wiggles the fingers, and then he just actually winks at him and keeps on walking up the path. <laughs> so Rolander is now trying to keep an equidistant path between Cad and Vamak, who he does not want to be too close to during this walk. <laughs> you are just basically on a bridge suspended above, you know, the mountaintop. You can see that the peak kind of connects to the underside somehow of this marble and golden walkway. Real Olympus vibes from this. And you've got a ways to go. You do see that there is a sort of raised structure ahead, but it's just a silhouette now in the haze. Who's in front? Probably Val then? Yeah. Kelnius jogs up to your side and it's like, uh, now with Luna, what are we going to say exactly? What do we want from her? I think we want answers, do we not? Where are we? Who are you? What are we doing here? How do we get out? Those would be good. Kelnius kind of jumps as she sees Cad, like, on the other side of you. (laughs) Oh, great. (laughs) But we should primarily just focus on how to get her back to who she was. Perhaps it's through this better path that we get her back. Yes, what was all that I was going on about, about some moral upstandingness? Very unlike me. I think, Cat, perhaps uh, you have a different definition of getting Luna back since the rest of us do. What are you purporting? I am purporting that you plan to use her for your own means. Do you not believe that she wants what I want? I don't know that you believe that she wants what you want anymore. I know exactly what she wants. That just kind of cocks his head. Kelnius kind of leans over. And there's nothing to say. I know exactly how she thinks and feels. Unfortunately, Cadigast, I do not believe Luna is the same person, the same little girl that you knew. She is not being molded by your ideals. He kind of just glances over his shoulder at Brynir and bares his teeth at you. That is up for Luna to decide. We shall see. I'm sure we will. Cad falls out of step with you. Good. And Rolander's right there, and he puts his hand back on his shoulder. 
said, it's all right. We'll get what we need out of this uh, queen goddess yet, and uh, things will sort themselves out with time. Is there not a Val mirror? I was just saying to Vamark, I hope we meet his mirror as well. I'm sure there's got (laughs) to be others around here. Uh, Perhaps we simply haven't drawn their favor or ire. I don't know which is worse around here. Dominique, you lived here for a while before the lot of us. What were the other gods, or enlightened beings, whatever you called them? As far as I know, there are only three or so. Uh, clearly this Lavra, which you all is supposed to know. You know what happened to Adevea. We've met Dijik, Kelas in his red. I, I think it's only uh, Valentis and Vineas who we have not seen, but I do not know anything of them. So it stands to reason it could very well be a Vamak and Val terror from across the realms. If I had to guess, I would say that is likely, yes. The names appear similar, and that seems to hold well across the group so far. Excepting Dajik, of course. I believe it's probably pronounced Dajik, but he's trying to be posh. My suspicions. (laughs) (laughs) Mick knows himself so well. Well, perhaps I might be a a bit of a downer here, but... I honestly could do without meeting them entirely. I think I would be quite um, satisfied with just meeting Luna's counterpart here and the Queen Goddess, and if she can help us out, then by golly, we'll be out of here before evening. Yes, by golly. (laughs) Cat, you're always so dour. You seem to have changed your tune quite a bit. Something about the air. Perhaps there's less of it my brain has less to actually focus on. (laughs) I'm trying to decide if that is a good thing or a bad thing. Rolander just smiles at you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess when it comes to Rolander, the stupider the better. <laughs> well, remember, Kelneus, it was upon your ship when I was merely a mindless sailor that, quite honestly, I was perhaps the happiest I'd ever been in my entire life. And you fit the role so well. Yes. Cursed with consciousness. Once again, I can tell you, it is a bad thing. You seemed so wise, Valness, and yet you say things that are so foolish. Well, I am not all that much older than you, technically. Dominique uh, looks at Val, kind of curious. Really? I, <laughs> are you not? I, I, I don't know. I, I assumed everyone here was uh, experienced, maybe. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It is not your fault. You would not know how old I am. I am, by human standards, 18. Drawing in a deep breath, Verlander says, You know, speaking of that ship, and he puts his arm now around Dominique, and he says, That was actually in the realm of this veil, whom you seem to fear so much. And for as long as time will permit, and Dominique will permit him, he is going to just regale him with the story of their entire time in Vale's Dominion of, you know, the whole ship battles. Let me tell you about that time I went to hell. Did something happen to Rolandier's brain and he got Larotes stuck in him or something? <laughs> He's now the official old man of the party. Yeah. Dominic isn't very assertive, so uh, he just looks increasingly uncomfortable as Rolandier ignores any of his discomfort and keeps telling him about what a great time he had in hell. All of his subtle uh, cues that he does not want to be told this story. Calmiace will chime in every now and then for forgotten details. <laughs> and if he's able to, he's just going to tell the whole story up to the point that they, you know, eventually get this shard of Immen from Vale. 
and then he kind of gazes off into the distance at this hopefully drawing nearer building that they were walking towards, and it kind of just zones out for a bit. It's right in front of you as you conclude your story. Ah, yes. Those were times, Dominique, I tell you. Oh, would you look at that? And he kind of looks around back at the group. We've been standing here for 20 minutes waiting for him to finish. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't see any reason to stand around here, then. Perhaps we should go in. What exactly is it that we're hoping to get out of speaking with her? Perhaps we should simply listen. That is what I was about to say. Yeah, I, I presume from what uh, Kilas said, we are expected to learn something here. I hope we can still ask our questions and kind of, you know, making sure to focus on Cad and Vamak, he says, and we will ask our questions to try to get our answers. But like Brynir has been reminding me as well this whole time, perhaps a softer touch is in order for our first interaction. Perhaps we should elect a spokesperson. It seems to me that absolutely nothing was learned by our trials in the Twilight Eternal. And that this group, as a whole, has about as much backbone as the worms that infest the corpses in the ground. One person should speak, and that is all. Whoever it be can ask all questions. If it is to be Val, definitely not Cadagas, perhaps Rolandir, nor Kelniace, Dominique is out, it could be Mick, and not me. Well, you're damn right there. Or perhaps even Brynir. This group is so riddled by indecision, I would not be surprised if it took us another hour to elect a spokesperson from the choices I have presented. Such little faith, Vamak. My vote is with Brynir. I do have little faith. I have such little faith in you all. Stop talking for one second. Maybe we could vote. I'll vote for Brynir as well. God's <laughs> <laughs> I think that is an awful decision. You think everything's an awful decision? Only ones made by imbeciles, yes. Cadagas, you are so far removed from the good graces of anybody. And this is coming from me. (laughs) (laughs) The problem, I think each of you failed to grasp the problem here. Oh yes, let's put it to a vote. Let's put everything to a vote. What are we going to eat today? Let's put it to a vote. Vamak, then if you're so adamant about that, then why don't you pick someone? I pick Brynir. Okay, then (laughs) Brynir is our spokesperson. Enough said. Brynir? Goodness. (laughs) Vamak, thank you for participating in the democratic process. (laughs) You fail to see the point. It is not a democracy. Do you know the reason why this group is splintered each and every way? It is because nobody is at the head. Goodness gracious, Vamak, you know, we could have been to the Queen Goddess by this point if you hadn't gone on this tangent. Brynir, walk forward, let's talk. Brynir is actually already walking forward. (laughs) Brynir's halfway up the steps. Yes, as soon as... uh, it sounded like everybody decided that Brynir was going to be the spokesperson. He straight up left and went forward. Kelnius is like, well, if Cad's against it, I'm all for uh, And he's gone. And he's, okay, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Rolander falls in soup. Brynir leads the group 
up a small set of stairs to another landing and finally into a large chamber that is cathedral-like in construction, very open. It was honestly hard to tell how big it was from the outside, as shrouded in mist and clouds and whatnot as it was. So seeing this inside, it is just absolutely majestic. The hall that you fought Adiver in was big. This is like three times as big as that. In a semicircular arrangement at the end are seven thrones directly ahead, the largest of such, and then, you know, three fanning out from either side. And on the very end of one of them, there's a kind of smaller little black chair, kind of like um, in Return of the King, the steward's seat next to the, yeah, that's what it's like. And that's what these thrones are all like. On that black seat, however, is a black sword. And on the throne beside it is a crimson blade. Across from that chair, you see Isred sitting. Beside him is Dajik. And then beside him is a figure you haven't seen yet, but resembles a Goliath. Then in the middle is a thin 18-year-old girl with wheat-colored hair, wearing quite simple robes. To her right is an Elvarette, and then past this Elvarette is where Kilas sits, and then that's where the uh, the empty seat is after that. Brynir is going to go forward, take a knee, and address Luna, saying, Goddess Queen, we seek an audience with you. Your audience has been granted. We are looking for a way to get back to where we came from, but I am very much interested in what Isred and Kilas said about learning the right way to do things. I think it would be very beneficial to help us come together as a group. What wisdom can you provide for us? Luna speaks. She gestures over in turn to Kilas and Isred and says, These two have advocated for you. And there, she motions to the empty seat and the empty seat beside it, are two testaments to guilt. Dajik has recused himself, and my other companions, Valentis and Veneus, have yet to judge you. Though she kind of furrows her brow a little, scrunching her face as she leans down to get a look at you. I know you all, don't I? Yes, to us, you are Lunavra. You are the one that brought us here. I am Lunavra still, and if you are here, then of course I brought you here. I brought all that is here, <laughs> here, many eons ago. I'm afraid that is not the case, not with us. We were in a place called the Twilight Eternal, being judged by the gods of Egedon, and in an attempt to save us, you brought us here instead. Gods, no, there. You must understand, there there are no gods here. If you are the same Luna, I need you to remember Egg and Air, the entire mission that we were trying to accomplish together to make Egedon better and not one for destruction. I'm trying to understand. I am trying to remember, but perhaps for you it is only the blink of an eye, but I have been here. Who I am, how I am, for as long as I can remember. From before there was even a world to walk upon. Moments like these are 
less than dreams. They're simply moments, ripples, tiny drops in a vast ocean of memory. I'm sorry, but I do not recall you. Though your face and the faces of your friends are all too similar to ones that I love. Why is that? I don't know if I can quite explain that. But if it's within your power, may I offer my memories to you? I believe, yes. However, I will not only see what you believe concerns only us. Your entire existence will be laid bare before me. You will have no secrets. And I have nothing to hide. Then step forward. Brynir will do so. She walks down the steps from her throne. And how tall is Brynir? 6'9". Yeah, Luna is an 18-year-old girl. So... <laughs> Not 6'9". Might have to Not take six a knee. Nine. So does Brynir take a knee then? Yes. As Brynir approaches Luna, he will take a knee. She reaches out a single finger and then just boops you on the forehead. And to everyone else, this is just a millisecond passes. Brynir kind of ripples back, and then the two of them stand. But for Brynir, you experience everything from this moment back to as soon as you were conceivably conscious, possessing any sort of physical sense of the world in excruciating detail. As Brynir relived his years of existence... He stumbles to the ground, his hands hit the ground, and he suddenly comes to again, and he stands up. Do you remember? Yes, I saw myself. We did terrible things. Yes, a lot of it was unfortunate, and unfortunately, I was not in the right state of mind to see clearly, but I'm trying to be better now. So, then, none of this is real. No. But it's better here. It is. But we cannot live in the dream world while the people of our world suffer. But it's not a dream. But it's not reality. Who's to say? I don't think there's an answer to that question. It's a matter of what you are willing to do to help those around you. What do you think to be the right path? And I do not believe hiding and living in this mirror world is the solution. If we return to, I guess, what's our Egadon, then we face judgment. At the same time, I, I didn't mean to... She looks at Dominique, especially. Do you know how many others were pulled across these bounds? I do not know. It could be everyone, it could be just me, but some have been pulled away, have been brought here. How would I know? Do you know how many countless generations have passed since this world was birthed and since up until the point of us having this conversation? How many people did I take their lives away? You see tears well up in her eyes. Val very carefully reaches a hand towards her, like offering her his hand to take. She recoils a bit, taking a half step back, and just looks at you kind of up and down, finally looking you in the eyes. And then she looks over her shoulder up at the right-hand seat where a identical Elvaret sits, 
does it have highlighter yellow hair? Yeah, is this is his hair yellow? <laughs> Has yes. he been cursed? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Luna. You're the real one. Thou not. Over her shoulder, you see this pantheon of gods just kind of start to flake away in an unseen wind, like very slowly. None of them are moving. None of them are protesting, but they just start to uh, disintegrate. As Val is standing there with his hand outstretched towards Luna, Lanyard takes a couple steps forward as well. Doesn't stretch out his hand, but just looks at Luna. Please, we need you. This may be a lot to ask, but I wish to see what you've seen as he did. She points to Brynir. See as much as you need to see, at least from me. She does step forward, reaches out her finger, and just touches Rolandir right on the forehead. And Rolandir experiences his life from birth up till now. He follows suit and very much overwhelmed. He was slightly prepared for it after seeing what happened to Brynir, but still, nothing can prepare him for exactly what happens then. And he is just reeling, head spinning, sitting on the ground now after, you know, living these many, many years over again. And being on the ground, kind of just bracing himself, he just kind of pats on Val's uh, calf, like, your turn. (laughs) (laughs) You're up, buddy. As Rolandir steadies himself, she kind of just brushes past him, past Brynir, up to who's ever behind, probably Kelniace, and does the same thing. Kelniace takes a knee after that and is just like, whoa, okay. Oh. And they look at each other, and then Luna moves on to Mick, and finger to the forehead, boop. And Mick feels this and literally collapses to his hands and knees and just, oh my dear heavens, and, and starts to, without even thinking, uh, some tears drop from his eyes. She turns to Karagas and does it to him, and she actually takes a step back too, as he barely flinches, and more tears well up in her eyes, and she just goes, Cat. And he just gives her a little smile, and she moves on. Looking at Dominic, she says, I don't know you, do I? No, I do not know you. At least not in the way that these others do. Then I'll spare you this, if you wish. Do you need it to understand? I don't know. Perhaps it will help me understand this world. Then go ahead. There is no need to spare me. And Dominic experiences an entire, you know, his life on old Egadon, and then a second birth and life in this Egadon. Luna looks then over at this visage that is Vamok still. What has happened to you? Valmes, undo this illusion. Show her what has become of me. Val will drop seeming. She doesn't backpedal or flinch or anything as she sees this more, because it's kind of like your form of dread to its upteenth degree. Why did you do this? To prove my strength, to push myself beyond my limits. But I will admit, it did not go as planned. I suppose you wish to peer into my mind. I believe it will help. And perhaps through all of this, it will help you. And then, like, 
even through the grotesque face, you see just his expression soften, like just a tiny bit. Like his control and composure has slipped just a little bit. And he says, Fine, do what you will. And she touches Vamok's forehead, and he is subjected to his entire life thus far. Not great. In Vamok's life, there are a couple of choice encounters with air that he did not tell anybody about. But yeah, he's actually out a little bit longer than, like, everybody else. But he does come too, and uh, he seems a lot less angry than he did about five seconds ago. And he seems a lot more... I don't know. Something about his his aura, you know, his the energy that he's giving off has changed a little. And then Luna walks back to the head of the group and uh, she just says, thank you. Now that we've reminded you, what are you going to do? You should probably take us back. I would like that. I know it seems frightening, or at least an inconvenience to have to face whatever judgment awaits us back where we were, but we'll get through it. I dare say we've been through worse. She looks at Val. Yeah, Val is paying very much attention to that. He is like staring at her like, is it my turn? The other figures of the gods, it's as if they were sculptures of sand and wind has just eroded them to pillars that are slowly just being worn down. But the one that was in Val's place... Valentis has yet to experience this kind of stark deformation as the rest of the others. And she just kind of bites her lip and she's, I don't want to. I, not, I, I don't want to know those things. Not like that. I, I don't know that I understand. You hear Cad begin to literally cackle. <laughs> and what is funny, Kedagas? I told you. I know her thoughts and feelings exactly. And Luna looks over at him, and her expression has hardened a bit. And quite knowingly, she just says, You should not have done that. And he just holds up his hands like, I did what I had to do. Luna, what are you what are you talking about? What did Cad do? When I lost my memory before, when it was taken by Tentifer, Cad helped me to restore it. Walked me through everything that you all had done. Walked me through everything that I had done with him up to that point and with all of you. I took that as objective truth, and for the most part it was. In doing so, he did something similar to this an exchange of memories but he left something behind and all this time she is looking directly at him you heard every single thought every little inkling of emotion <laughs> how dare you Rolander throws a disapproving look back at Katagas as well you planted something in her a link between you two Cad kind of just waves his hand. He's like, it's gone. Your thoughts are your own now. I'm once more 
a casual observer, unbeknownst to your feelings. I had to make sure that we stayed on track, that our goal was not lost, as it had been, as it was. And should her thoughts have deviated from what your goal was, what then? Influencer? Convince her internally that a different path should be going, or would it have been a more forceful approach? No. There was nothing like that. I couldn't influence her. I could merely hear and feel. Relander just... and turns back to where Luna is. At least now there is one of us in the group who knows everything there is to know about each of us, excluding Val for the time being. I still see no reason why we need to delay our return. I admit and I sympathize with where you are coming from, Luna, that this is much to take in. But I think it's time we went back. The Valentis statuette crumbles and fades with all the other gods behind as the chairs and thrones themselves begin to just be worn away, again as if they were made of sand and are being eroded by a harsh wind that none of you feel. And you all will be ready to take on whatever punishment waits for us. I will be ready to stand by your side, whatever that means. I just wanted to say I'm sorry. I thought I could save us. You did. Not for very long. And she just kind of absentmindedly throws out her hand and an orange spackle of energy kind of just rips across in the air and tears itself open. Basically exactly like what Rolandir, Vamok, and Mick would have seen when the rift would open, but not all purple and bluey and black and cloudy, but this is more just red and orange like fire. Vamok, he's gotten up, you know, since the whole mind thing. And you will say to Luna, Perhaps you have saved us for longer than you think. I do. I'm ready to stand by your side. And he'll walk through the portal. Kalniace will take a few steps toward it and say, Just to be clear, uh, I'm not going to just immediately die, right? <laughs> <laughs> and Luna just shakes her head and Kalniace finger guns and goes through. <laughs> Cad follows suit and says, if it means anything at all, I'm... Don't say it. Very well. And he goes through. Dominique walks towards Zinabra and he just says, this will take me back to Egedon. It will, but I don't know where you were plucked from, so you'll be with us. But we'll find your home again. If it's back, that is... Or that matters. And he walks through. Mick is going to step towards the portal and is going to look back at the remainder of the group and say, Whoever lies ahead, I suppose. And he'll give his classic half-smile to everyone in a wink and will walk through the portal. Rolandir approaches and he looks back at the now almost completely gone remnants of these seats and faux god figures and he just says regardless of what we end up doing you made a pretty good goddess yourself which is more than I can say what I think I would do if I had that power and he walks through Luna does actually just blush a little at the compliment Luna 
it is brave of you for one so young to take on everything that you have. Just know that regardless of what you have done, things can always get better if you choose to believe it. Thank you for showing me that. I will see you on the other side. And Brynir walks through. Um, Val's eyes have not left Luna this entire time. She sheepishly looks at you. He gestures with his head at the spot where Valentis used to be. And he says, What was he to you? Her mouth is a very hard, thin line. I, I guess, in hindsight, as they all were, they weren't anything. All right. What am I to you? Luna looks at Val, and she just stands there for a moment. For a long moment. And finally she says, I I understand from what I've seen from the others that you've lost things, people, and more than their memories. There are parts of you that are carved out and brutally done so. And those are voids that cannot be filled, for even grief is gone. And if I do what I did to everyone else, to you, you get that back. And then I know everything about you. And I will have seen and felt everything that you saw and felt. And I don't know if I'll still look at you the same way. Or, or feel what I do about you the same way as I do now or did. And I'd like to not make the selfish choice and give you back what you've lost. But I feel if I do that, then you'll always be at an arm's length. I don't know how else to answer your question. Um. That's a lot. If you feel something for someone and and you you get in a spat and a fight and a little toss up you you argue and you compromise and you make up and I will always have the upper hand because I will always know exactly how you'll react and what you'll do and what you'll say because I'll have seen 50 some years of it in excruciating detail lived alongside you just watching everything you did that's losing what I I don't know I don't know that's and she just gets tears in her eyes again and takes a step back and is holding up her hands her breath sporadic Val reaches a hand out to her again offering it to her she'll take your hand but she doesn't do the little boop yeah, that's not what he was expecting. Yeah. I think you know me well enough to know that I'm not going to tell you what to do. And I feel like you want me to tell you what to do. <laughs> yeah. I would like that. And in doing so, you'd answer that question that you posed to me. But to, to you, you know what I mean. <laughs> Can Val kiss her? Yeah. He does. Whoa, wait, where? On the mouth! <laughs> no, hey, I don't know. I don't know if he's gonna go, 
Just a little. The, he goes for the kiss. She does the yeah, the, the pull away. <laughs> oh man! And and then she pulls in, and I really value our friendship. <laughs> oh, that'd be so sad. I actually thought that was where this conversation was going the entire time, but that's uh... <laughs> that's what I thought. The romantic tension in the this air. This is, is something. This is something. But I'm I'm glad. I'm glad Val's got the cojones. Got the George Washingtons, you know? Got the big brass balls. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But Mark peeks his head back through the portal. Hey, you're gone. <laughs> I always knew you had it in your champ. <laughs> That's what I wanted to see. You got my respect. <laughs> Amazing. All right. As Val does this. Has Val ever kissed anybody? No, absolutely not. <laughs> One who would Val have kissed to? No, and no way. There's Val, no... Val's in his room. Mom, don't come in. <laughs> Flashback to, you know, Val at 20 something. Lay Rotes there as Valentine. Now you see this book here. <laughs> This one, uh, this one's for adults only, so, uh... Wait, hang on. We have to canonize that LaRotes is the one that gave Val the talk, because that is too good. Of course that's true. And and Rolander just awkwardly walked in on them while he was talking about it, and he's just like, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go back to the, you know, front lines. Val Mess, listen here. There comes a time in every young man's life. When you fear certain things... I'm sorry, Towards what? Like 50% of it just goes straight over Val's head because he can't understand him. <laughs> yeah, not that the subject matter is alien, but that he literally cannot yeah. decipher yes. what he's saying. <laughs> the words are completely lost. And then flash forward to this moment, you're like, what did LaRote say? This little thought bubble playing above Val's head before he kisses Luna. When you're trying to face your face with a girl, there's no better feeling in the world. <laughs> and then you and you go for it. He straightens his tie and goes <laughs> in. All <laughs> right. Thought bubble closes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. After all that, as this kiss happens, Luna is a little taken aback at first, but then just closes her eyes and embraces Val. You hear this noise of the rift that had been opened draw closer and this heat wash over you as you're still locked in this kiss. And for a split second, then, Val and Luna are in this in-between where on one hand is this rift leading to this invented world around you as you break off and look is this infinite starry expanse of just pure majesty. And then on the other hand, approaching is a rift back to the real world, the real Egadon. And Luna kind of cups your chin in one hand and she says, I don't know how, but I'll find a way to give you back what you lost without losing you. He nods and kisses her again. And then you are enveloped by the rift that takes you back to Egadon. <laughs>